Welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and today we have the inspiring Dr. Rebecca Ray, who is an author, a speaker, and clinical psychologist. Her message centers on the task of living bravely in the truth of our experiences as finders and seekers of meaning and connection. I absolutely loved this chat with Rebecca. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Chili Technology. And without further ado, let's bring Beck onto the show. I am so thrilled to have Dr. Rebecca Ray with us today with her new book that's just come out, The Art of Self-Kindness. And she is an incredible clinical psychologist. The way I got introduced actually to Beck's work was a publishing house gave me a couple of your books to read and I was literally in bed going, this is so inspiring. And I'm like, wow, I really need to get her on the show. And Rebecca, I was assuming, you know, with your new book coming out addressing, you know, this art of self-kindness, is this a common theme that you see with your patients? And why do people find it so hard to practice self-kindness? Like, why is this such a problem in today's society? Yeah, that, it's a good question. That, that, it's a multi-layered question, isn't it? I think it, to speak to the first part of your question, is it a problem that I see with my patients? Yes, it was. I'm no longer in clinical practice. I got incredibly burnt out. Speaking of self-kindness, uh, make sure that you listen to your intuition when your intuition is telling you that you're approaching burnout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not listen and it took me a good five years to admit that I was burnt out and I needed to move away from private practice. Putting my work out online meant that I found an audience that could relate to the, t- the same themes that I was seeing in private practice. One is overcoming fear and the other is feeling good enough. Or specifically, the other side of that coin, which is feeling not good enough. And that particular conundrum, I guess, is what drove me writing The Art of Self-Kindness is because I think we really attach in Western society in particular, our sense of worthiness to things that are external to us, our to-do list, our income, our education, our dress size, rather than things that are more meaningful and actually provide satisfaction and fulfillment in life. Like, am I living by my values? Am I loving well? And so I wrote The Art of Self-Kindness to address this worthiness deficit that Mm -hmm. I see, particularly in women, because they're too busy looking at perfectionism as a measure of their uh, good enoughness as a human being. Mm -hmm. Enoughness is not a word. (laughs) I love it. it. It's like me being a recovered perfectionist, like I used to be one, and now I've like fully recovered from that kind of thing. Same. (laughs) I'm with you. Yeah. (laughs) I'd get nothing done if I was still a perfectionist. Absolutely. But the thing that's so fascinating is that probably 80% might be someone else's 100%, but we just feel like it's just not good enough. And now you just got to be kinder and just put it out. You know, and you get so much more done doing it that way. That's right. I do really think that the people out there that you look up to, that you admire and who inspire you are the ones who are just getting it done rather than waiting until it's perfect. And that's also what I learned. Although I would say it's an ongoing lesson. You know, the the book before The Art of Self-Kindness, which is The Universe Listens to Brave, I was writing that manuscript when my baby Bennett had a sleep regression. So... We have a son, Bennett, he's two now, and I was writing that manuscript when he was about four months old and he had a sleep regression, which I had 
I had no idea that sleep regressions even existed. And he was waking up seven times a night. And I bawled my eyes out on a Friday when I needed to hand my manuscript into my editor because it just wasn't good enough. It wasn't perfect. And she actually wrote back to me on Sunday and told me that it was everything she hoped for and it made her cry. And I think perfectionism is something that allows us to completely get off track with regards to the big picture and being able to see work for what it really is. If you buy into it enough, then you'll end up crying over your manuscript like I did, completely having lost perspective for what is actually not just good enough, but exactly the work that you need to produce with the resources that you have available right now. Mm, and why, why do you think there's been, I mean, have you seen an increase in this whole like perfectionism and self-critic behaviour? And why is that? Is that because social media and we're comparing ourselves to, to people that, you know, might not be showing us the real authentic true selves? I don't know that I've seen an increase. I just think it's, it's more obvious. I think it was always there because as human beings, we have a tendency to compare from survival days, you know, that's as long as you're comparing and making sure that you're measuring up with the clan and that you're contributing and therefore guaranteeing your access to the clan's resources, that actually helps you to survive. So, you know, 100,000 years of the evolution of our species later, that tendency is only going to spread strengthen over time rather than weaken. But I think what social media has done is it's thrown it, it's thrown this comparison habit in our faces. And because most of the time people are only advertising, (laughs) I guess, advertising their good days, then it can be really easy to get confused that what you're seeing is the norm rather than some kind of beautifully curated feed. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, this is such a big thing. Yeah, back in the primal days, we just couldn't upload an Insta story saying I've got the food and the fire <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. How do we get around this? You know, what are some simple tools from an expert like yourself that listeners can easily implement in their life to practice a little bit more of this self-kindness? I think the most powerful thing that I can encourage you to do, our listeners at large, is to access a voice within that is the voice of your authentic self or your inner leader. So we all have selves, multiple selves inside of us, the selves that are wounded, the selves that children that are much younger than we are now, whose needs weren't met, who need reassurance and nurturing and validation. And then we have a self that is courageous and that is focused on the potential that we're trying to live into that we have access to as well. And it's that voice, the encouraging, compassionate voice that I think is one of the strongest self-kindness strategies, so to speak, that we can ever employ which is to be able to come at life from a place of you're okay exactly as you are and what you're able to do today is just what you're able to do today. That's it. It's not attached to your worthiness. It's not attached to your measure of success. I see how hard you're trying. I see how much you want this and I believe in you rather than is that all you got done today? Well, that's bullshit. You know, you need to try harder. You need, you should have added more things to the to-do list. And the fact that you haven't got those things done means that you're actually not a very good business person, employee, mother, wife, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it's not in, I'm not saying delete the self-critical voice because that's also bullshit. So if you jump on Instagram and come across a (laughs) 
some kind of post that would make me want to slap myself across the face, like just think positively. This is not what we're going for here because that does not work, people. (laughs) Instead, what I would want you to do is instead acknowledge that voice, the critical voice, because that's a part of you that actually needs reassurance and validation because that's the part of you that actually feels really unworthy and scared that you're not good enough. The power comes in when you can access the voice of your inner leader that can say, hey, I see that you're struggling or I see that you're scared, but I believe in us and our capacity to be able to move forward. I love that, accessing your inner leader. Because it's not about, you know, and acknowledging the voice, so it's, it's that part of you that needs the validation and then the power comes from accessing your inner leader. So it's not about waking up in the morning and looking at yourself in the mirror going, I love you. Like, if I find out- <laughs> <laughs> and I've never done it. I hear Neither have like, I. And I've also never asked a patient to do it because I find it so, I just would never do it. So I would never ask a patient to do it. Totally awkward pops. Like, I love you today. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> kind of creepy. <laughs> this podcast is proudly brought to you by Chili Technology. Even though winter is here, we still need a cool body core temperature to have great sleep efficiency and deep REM. An easy way to get our body core temp down is by using an Aula from Chili Technology. You just slip it over your mattress, switch it on, set your temperature, and you're away. They even come in single so you can set your own temperature since partners often like to sleep at different temperatures. To get a great night's sleep and 15% off, head to eqminds.com forward slash podcast and use the code eqminds15 for the Aula system. Do you think gratitude, like journaling gratitude, <clears throat> like that helps with that kind of stuff too? Like, Yes, absolutely. I love a gratitude practice. I don't journal it, but my wife and I have a verbal gratitude practice where we stop each day and it's just quickly run through with each other what we're grateful for today. And oftentimes it's spontaneous. It's not necessarily at you know, 8am or 5pm, we do this practice. But each day we stop and go, I'm so grateful that we live here. Or I'm so grateful for you because you give me the space to be able to be creative by looking after Bennett. This kind of gratitude practice shifts us from not enough or a space of scarcity back into a place of enough and uh, satisfaction and fulfillment. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect because we're never going for some kind of impossible standard called perfection. Instead, it's about being able to focus on the here and now. Because one of the things that the mind will continually do is try to drag you out of the present moment into the mistakes of the past or worries about the future. Yeah, absolutely. So gratitude is an amazing mindful practice. Is there anything yes. around that people could, that they can help, you know, when they're recognising these voices that are coming up in terms of, you know, the, that they need validation? Is there any other ways that they could do some more mindful moments during the day just to alleviate that constant kind of habit loops that are getting caught up taking us away from what we're currently doing yeah there's something that i do which might be helpful this is not in the book Uh, it's a recent practice of mine that's been i've done consciously to it's almost like my spiritual practice i guess and i sit down and when i'm feeling anxious or when i'm feeling overwhelmed or when i don't know the answer or i don't know what to do just yet what i do is i actually sit down in front of my computer i put some kind of lo-fi beats on spotify and i make sure i'm not going to be interrupted for the next 10 minutes and i write myself a letter uh, so i write back and forth 
to my scared self and from my inner leader. So I actually write to my inner leader and say, dear leader, I'm really worried about X. So to give you an example, I'm about to write my next book and (laughs) there's never a time I procrastinate more than when I need to write a book. And so part of my fear around that is that I won't be able to write something that's good enough or that's meaningful. And so I will actually write a letter, type, I type a letter, say, dear leader, I'm really scared about this book on boundaries. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do next. What should I do? And then I actually change pages and I write back to myself and I write long enough until I feel like I've connected with my leader self. So I'll write, dear self, Mm-hmm. I understand that you're scared. I really understand that this is a momentous task and that you're worried that it won't be good enough. But what I know about you when you sit and you allow yourself to be creative is that the answers always come. You're always able to access your muse to be able to harness ideas in such a way that they're going to be able to be received by the audience, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I write for 10 minutes and it's, it's interesting because to say this out loud, I can understand that the listeners might be going, are you serious? And when I first started this technique, there was part of me that was a little bit not sure about how it would work, but it never fails that within about 10 minutes, I feel complete relief. And I often get answers that I was never expecting about how to move forward. That's incredible. And it's not like anyone else is going to read it. Like this no. is just to alleviate, you know, the memory center and alleviate the maybe the very reactive amygdala of the current situation to help you kind of calm down and get more clarity and focus of where to put your next foot forward. I've never heard of that before, Beck. I absolutely love that technique. I think the audience listening, I think they're going to really enjoy that too. And, and I always say, you know, just try, try it, right? Like try yeah. tools at least a few times if you love it pick it up into your daily routine. If you yeah. don't, try something else. Yeah, you know? that's right. It's actually based on a gestalt, gestalt technique of the empty chair work where you actually swap chairs and talk to yourself in a different chair. But I don't have two chairs in my office and I'm too lazy to go and get another one. So <laughs> I rejigged this because I actually keep all these letters. I save them in a folder on my desktop. And when I need reassurance. So there have been some letters that have been so powerful with answers that I go back to them and go, that's right. That's right. We actually figured out my entire outline for my boundaries book by doing this. I had no idea that that's how I was going to set it out until I wrote to my inner leader and said, what do I do? And all these answers just came flooding. That is such a great, it's like also builds your self-efficacy, doesn't it? In terms of gives you that confidence. And I think, you know, even keeping and people send you a lovely email to say thank you. I, one of my girlfriends told me, you know, just keep a folder. It's just like kind of like a flattery folder. Yeah. I mean, if you're feeling like you don't know whether you're on the right path or you're doing the right thing, just pop into that flattery folder and just read a couple of emails from some people who you've impacted. And then that gives you that reassurance of going, you know what? I am doing the right thing. I am on the right path. And, but that's another like little folder you can have, you know, because absolutely the same questions come up or like, we're like, okay, I'm now back to writing another book and I've got, you know, concerns about, is this going to be good enough? Are there ever reoccurring themes or they? It's usually based in some form of, will it be good enough? There's also been themes around how do I recover my relationship with my body since a traumatic pregnancy? How do I shift 
to be able to make a decision about who to hire. So I've also had questions around, do I go and hire this particular role for my team? Do I spend the money on that? Is, mm. is it okay to invest money in that area? I've asked my inner leader that. And I think that one of the things that it does is it allows me to know, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, I was going to say, it allows me to know even when I don't know. So <laughs> that, that sounds weird. But what I mean is when I don't have the answers right now because I'm stuck in my left prefrontal cortex and instead need to access some other part of my brain, when right. I sit down and just let myself type, and I, I, I will encourage if you're going to try this at home, then please just keep typing until something comes because sometimes I can be typing for about five minutes and it feels like it's quite forced until all of a sudden there's, some, there's a rush of kind of thoughts that come from another part of my brain that I didn't otherwise have access to. That is so cool. I love that. And I find meditation does the same thing for me as well. I don't go into meditation going, come up with a really creative idea for EQ Minds. <laughs> I go into the meditation just to be and just to like, just to, you know, be with myself and my thoughts and being able to let them go. But I find that that is honestly where the, the most creative ideas pop up for me. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Go back to the... <laughs> and I think that's a great way. This would be my meditative practice. I don't meditate. Uh, sitting... And just having to close my eyes and focus on my breath or whatever has never been something that I have been able to, re to return to consistently. But I do do this writing practice to almost access the same state because it would be the same thing that happens. It's completely unexpected most of the time. In fact, I've even had the pronouns change. So I have started the letter by saying, you will do this, you will do that. You know, I started the letter by saying, I want to do this. I, I want to set my business up this way. I want to do this. And then halfway through the letter, it actually changed to you. So someone was actually talking to me and saying, no, actually, this is the way it's going to be. You're going to do this and then you're going to release this and then you're going to write this and then blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hold on a second. Someone's telling me this and I'm just the vessel typing it out. Incredible. Yeah. You're really tapping into your intuition. And your yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've been able to access that IP that's kind of buried really deeply. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, wow, I did not know that I would even had those thoughts. Wow. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that thought doesn't last very long. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> being, yeah, being recovered perfectionist. Um, yeah. It's something that we have to still work on. Now, speaking of perfectionists, you've got this awesome new is it five days? Yes. Free program. Can you please let our audience know that I think they're going to absolutely love this. So yeah, it's one of my favorite things that I've created. It's a five-day challenge called Done is Better Than Perfect, Freedom from the Paralysis of Perfectionism. And it's a challenge that I created to guide people like us who have been blocked by perfectionism in the past and or blocked right now, there's something that they want to contribute to the world or a, a particular thing that they're not doing. So they're either not starting or they're not finishing because perfectionism is getting in the way. And so what I've created is this free challenge that is a series of daily audio guidance and worksheets that bring the exercises from the audio guidance to life to really take people from the roadblock of perfectionism and thinking I can't do this to getting down the other side and actually getting stuck into empowered action rather than staying on the roundabout that is perfectionism because it is a roundabout. You go nowhere with it. You know that. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's so true. Like I, you know, being a perfectionist years ago, 
I would never, you know, if I didn't get the A plus in the piano lessons, or if I didn't get 100% in exams, or if I didn't, you know, not only, and the reason why I uncovered this was because when I was younger, and I, I remember I engaged with a psychologist, I didn't realize I was a perfectionist at the time. And I won this award at my old company at Johnson & Johnson, the salesperson of the year. And it's like out of, you know, like thousands of people. Amazing. And I said to her, yeah. but I said to her, oh, I just, I think I could have done better. <laughs> and she's like, do you realize that you may have some perfectionism issues? <laughs> <What>? No. <laughs> but since going through my own learnings and stuff like that as well, Beck, I just think oh, it's just so much more liberating and freeing because I'm an output machine these days. Like what I put out and push out in terms of content, yes, it might not be perfect, but to me, I'm getting stuff out there so I know I'm having a bigger impact on people's mental health. And, and it's, you know, I just think this course, a lot of people listening right now, I think it's going to be so just pure gold for them. So how do they, how do they find that? Do they just start following you on Instagram and you'll tell us about it on there? Yeah. Or- what I'll do is I'll flick you the link and you can pop the link in the show notes. People can join at any time. So it's not date based, but one of the things that I would encourage people to do is to not delay. If you know that you have been in situations like you and I have where you were prevented from releasing your work into the world in some way, shape or form, then jump on it now because once you do the work, once you do the work around recognizing the purpose of perfectionism for you and then being able to release that, then like you say, the possibilities that arise are just that I can't even explain how much they're not quantifiable because what you're able to do once perfectionism perfectionism is no longer a part of your being is just, you know, a million fold compared to when it was there previously. Mm, and I should say though, I don't necessarily think that it goes away completely. I just think that well, like for me, while perfectionism sits on my shoulder, it might still be there. I just don't listen to it. Like I still do the things. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And even though I feel like I'm a recovered perfectionist, I'll still have days where I'm like, oh, I've ticked off 20 things off my to-do list. I haven't ticked off that last thing. It yeah. Successful day. I'm like, what yeah. are you talking about? You've, you've had a huge day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it still pops up, but it's having these tools in place, I think. And it's that whole practice of self kindness that you spoke about at the start. And so I think for my community, they're going to love your stuff. I know it. Where, where can they find you on Instagram, your website? And can you just touch on your books as well? Beth, sure. Incredible. So my site is rebeccaray.com.au and I'm on all the socials as at Dr. Rebecca Ray, mainly on Instagram. That's where I hang out most. And my books are Be Happy, 35 Powerful Methods for Personal Growth and Wellbeing. The second one is The Universalist Insta Brave. And the third is The Art of Self-Kindness. And they're in all good bookstores. <laughs> Your bookstore's not good if it doesn't have my books. <laughs> And online as well. <laughs> yes. Don't shop there if it doesn't have a <laughs> That's what I'm instructed to say from my publisher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Beck, for today. You are, you are absolutely wonderful. We love your work. and Thank, thank you, you for having me. To the greater good across the globe. So have a beautiful day. You and- too. 
to continue on your calm journey, I really encourage you to download a free ebook on how to live a calmer life. Simply head to eqminds.com to receive your free copy. And if you're in a really good mood, please feel free to give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the podcast and then together we can help other people with their mental health and well-being. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with us and we'll see you again in a week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Any advice is not a substitute for medical guidance. Any use of information contained in this podcast is used at the user's own risk.